This is Ashley, and this is School on Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, I want to share that I am doing a three-part series around life transitions. Join me all week for a conversation about your career and life transitions. So the major life transitions that I see women making are getting married, buying a home, having a child. And oftentimes these life transitions, these life goals, if you will, can feel in opposition to your career. But my belief and my perspective is that they are not, that you can grow and advance and experience great love and marriage, experience buying a home and getting a white picket fence and growing your family and having a baby and still thrive in career. And so in lives this week, I'm going to be talking about some of the things you should consider if you're planning to buy a house, if you're planning to get married, if you're planning to have a baby over the next year, and how that can impact your career. And I'm going to talk about it from a pretty positive perspective because I think there's a lot of positivity in it. And I'm going to share some strategy on how you can make sure that you are not putting your career on the back burner when life happens. Life is happening. Life is going to life, if you will. (laughs) But in the lives, I'm really going to be talking about how to successfully navigate life happening while you are still thriving in your career. So if you're not already following me on Instagram, be sure to do that. You can go to Instagram.com and type in Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, Ashire, A-S-S-H-I-R-E, all one word, and follow me on Instagram. I'll be going live all week to talk about these topics, marriage, baby, and house buying, and how it can impact your career for the better, and how to prepare if you're making any of these life transitions, how to successfully prepare your career as well. This week in I Digress, I want to talk having it all. One of the things that I think women and high achieving women in particular are constantly up against is this question of if we can have it all. Can we have a fulfilling career while having a successful marriage, while having great friends and great relationships and having or desiring to grow our family with children while having an active social life, while having a clean home and Megan knees? I don't know, like whatever your personal list is. (laughs) And my belief is that You can absolutely have it all. I think that women in general are way too self-sacrificial. And instead of having it all or going after all that we want and desire, we put our desires, we put our wants and needs and aspirations on hold or on the back burner or second place to other people's needs and desires or to our own self-doubt and and self-worthiness too often. And I think one of the the things or one of the reasons why this happens is because there we are often on this sort of trajectory of like, this is how things should work. This is how things should be. There's a one right way to do things. You know, my life has to go, you know, graduate from high school, graduate from college, graduate from grad school, you know, get a job, find a partner, get married and, you know, live the quote unquote American or African-American dream or whatever. And if our life doesn't quite go like that, or if it doesn't happen in the timeline we anticipate, or if it feels rocky or sticky or uncomfortable, 
it causes us great distress. And I guess the thing I want to invite us into is that it doesn't have to cause great distress, that you can really have it all, but your approach to having it all has to be strategic. And anyone who's telling you you can't have it all just simply hasn't had it all themselves <laughs> and doesn't know how to have it all but the truth is that you can have it all and one of the one of the one of the things i'm going to share and this is my sort of perspective on this is that one of the ways to have it all is to recognize that you might not have it all at the same level right so what i mean by this is like i'm a wife and i'm also a professional, right? Like I'm a, I'm a wife. Well, let me just choose a couple of categories, right? So I'm a wife, I'm a big sister and I'm an administrator, right? Like I'm a, a senior level administrator in my field. My goal, right? My, my commitment, my goal, the goal is to be good at all of those things, to be a good wife, to be a good big sister, to be a good senior level administrator. Some days I'm a better big sister than I am wife. Right. Some days I'm really knocking my big sister role out of the park. Like last week when I was helping my little sister with her college admissions applications and I was like walking through applications with her and helping her complete her FAFSA, you know, I felt like, okay, yeah, I'm rocking this big sister thing out. Like, you know, she's going to go to college. She had my help. She had my perspective. I read her essays. I talked to her about it. Like, check, check, check. I'm doing a really good job on the big sister front. Wonderful. Right. But that same day, my husband called me while I was on the phone with my little sister. And I was like, hey, honey, I need to call you back. And I kind of forgot to call him back. And he called me back later, but he was like, why are you going to call me back? And I was like, oh, I was on the phone with Sam, was helping her with her college admission stuff. And he was like, oh, okay, or whatever. And we went on. But like, maybe like in that moment, like I wasn't a great wife. Maybe I was supposed to remember to call him back, or maybe I should have planned better because I, you know, we typically talk at the same time every night. And so like I was talking to her during the time we talk, and maybe I should have planned better, whatever, whatever. So, like in totality, right? Like I'm still a really good big sister and I'm still a really good wife. But like in that moment, maybe I didn't feel like a great wife or if I had have gotten off the phone with my sister to t- take his call, maybe I wouldn't have felt like a big, great big sister. So the truth is, is that you can have it all. Your, your all and success in all of the things that you are may not be at the same level of success all the time. The same is true for your career, right? Like you might be really growing in your career and really just thriving in your career. And that means that for a season, for a three month period, you aren't able to go to the softball practices, but you're able to go to the games and you're not able to help with homework. So you had to hire a tutor for that semester for your child or that, you know, trimester or whatever for your child. And so again, like not like you are you know, you're running for mom of the year is in jeopardy, right? You're still rocking it out of the park when it comes to this mom thing, but definitely had a season where you really had to focus in on your career. There were some big accounts closing. You really had to make sure things were in line, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, so I say all that to say that I think that there needs to be some more nuance (laughs) in the having it all conversation. And the nuance comes in, in that you can absolutely have it all and you can excel in it all. You can thrive in it all, but thriving and excelling 
is a long game. It's a long game. And if you are constantly cutting yourself off at the knees every time you make a mistake or have a bad week or have a bad month or have a bad quarter, if you're just like, I give up, this sucks. I can't be a good sister. I can't be a good employee. I can't be a good wife. I can't be a good person who's dating. I can't be a good worker outer because I had a bad quarter. Then it's a mindset thing and it's a discipline thing. It's not a you can't have it all thing. One bad quarter does not a failure make. Let me repeat that. One bad quarter does not a failure make. And so if you had a bad three months, if you had a bad, you know, five months, if you had a bad month, if you had three weeks consecutively that really sucked, doesn't mean that you're failing. It doesn't mean that you don't have it all. It just means that you might need to hire some help. It might mean, mean that you need a different approach. It might mean that you need some more accountability. It might mean that you need a, a buddy system. It might mean that you need to outsource or delegate or let something go, right? Like it might mean a change, a switch, some help, you know, a resource, an investment, but it doesn't mean failure, not complete and total failure for sure. And then the other perspective is, is that maybe you are failing at something. Like maybe you are really loving it up in one aspect of your life. But again, it's a long game. We're talking totality. And if we can get our hands around the totality of our life and and start to like think long-term perspective, like if we can start to play the long game in our life, in our career, we can win, right? Because you making one mistake at work is not make you a failure. You not being successful in your job search for two months does not make you a failure, but not getting help in those areas long-term can turn you into a failure. And so, you know, having the home and the career and the baby and the new house and the career, like all of those things are available to you. And if you need help identifying how you can have more of it all and how you can have a better perspective on what it all means and how to find harmony between it all and your career, then I am likely the mentor for you. I'm excited to welcome new mentees into my Mentor Me programs this November. If you are a professional woman who works in corporate nonprofit or educational leadership, and you would benefit from a mentorship and guidance in your career so that you can get it all, have it all, keep it all, sustain it all, be grateful for it all and and win again and again, then mentorship is the right place for you. Again, I'm accepting new mentees and you can get access to my mentorship right on my website at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. And I digress. Next up in TVT, I wanted to talk a bit about the idea of like real life, real life scenarios in TV shows. Particularly, I wanted to bring up like the instances I see of like domestic violence in TV shows. And I just really think that TV and like TV dramas have done a much better job of depicting just like the horrors of inner partner violence on screen. And, you know, whether it's life imitating art or art teaching us how to navigate life better, whenever I see TV that like gets it right, in my opinion, I'm always like, ooh, like, let me talk about that. Let me watch that again. Let me honor that. Let me, you know, they're getting it right. And so I recently watched an episode, I think it was of 911, the TV show 911, which Angela Bassett plays on. And let me just tell y'all, like, we have to give Angela her flowers. I think she just turned 70. Just, I mean, just, just, she's good at what she does. She's so good at what she does. 
And she's an absolute rock star, but the story is not about her. I know how I got on her, but, but yeah, so 911, they, they had a episode where there was a woman who was a mom and, you know, she and her daughter were in their home and they were like playing a game and telling a story. And there's a knock on the door and mom says, oh my gosh, you know, it's your father. The father was violent with the mother in the past. The mother had taught the daughter, if your father ever finds us you know, you are to, you know, hide, call 911, you know, ask for help or whatever. And the story pursued that the father like found them, got into the home, was violent with mom. The little girl like locked herself in a room, was able to, you know, call 911, get an operator, call for help. And she was able to, you know, be saved by law enforcement and, and get the help that that she needed. And the story went that the, the mother was an immigrant, you know, from outside of the United States. And the father was basically holding mom and her ability to stay in the United States and raise the child hostage, like kind of over her head, because it was like, if you leave me, if you try to keep my daughter from me, I'll have you kicked out of this country, that kind of thing. And it just talked about like the asylum and the protections that are available to women, even if they are immigrants to this country against inner partner violence and like how there are laws to protect against that and, you know, how women can access those resources and, you know, how, you know, you don't have to stay with the abuser regardless of what they're kind of holding over your head. And I don't know, it was just a really it was really beautiful because one, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that there were specific laws and resources available to women, to immigrant women who are experiencing abuse. And so if I ever come across those instances, I can share that, you know, I can be a resource to someone. But also, like, I love that it was it was really thoughtful around this idea that abuse is never your fault, that there's never an instance where you know, you being abused, you being hurt is your fault. Abusers are manipulative abusers. They, they know the triggers. They know how to manipulate. They know how to use, they know how to pull you in. And if you're in an abusive situation, then it's like never your fault, right? Like that's never, you're never responsible for your own abuse. And during domestic violence, domestic violence awareness month, which we are in now, I just wanted to like honor that and say that out loud. And, you know, for any woman who might be listening to this podcast, if you know someone who's been a victim of domestic abuse, just a reminder that it's never your fault, that your reasons for leaving or not leaving are your own. And while I hope that if you're experiencing abuse, you find a way out, you know, the shame and guilt from staying can often keep you staying. And so I just want to invite you to release yourself from that and find a way to get out of abuse because you never deserve that. And whatever your abuser might be holding over your head is not worse than staying in the abuse. So I just wanted to share that the episode that I watched, I think is maybe episode four or five of this, this season series of 911 on, I want to say maybe ABC, maybe it comes on ABC so or NBC. So check that out. I think 911 is a great show and they really do a good job of telling stories on there and sharing perspectives. So check that out. That wraps up this week's episode of School on Life. Thanks so much for listening. Get excited about the episodes that are coming up this fall in November and December. Lots of great content, lots of great perspective. And as a reminder, I am hosting a week-long series on IG around life transitions and your career. If you are experiencing any kind of life transition, you want to stay tuned to this week's live Instagrams. And because even if you're experiencing a life transition that I'm not talking about on that live, we can still talk about just kind of 
how your career can still find success in those life transitions. Or if there is a life transition that you're experiencing that you just want to chat about, let me know. I'm happy to help you and support you in that as well. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. School's out. Class dismissed.